Hey Hubsters, I am Jesse Brockle, joined by the amazing Ashley Geist, and this is the Hub Chatroom, a space created to explore the brain, belly, and body with connection in mind. These labels that we use in mental health field are not inclusive. You're either healthy or disordered. What the heck happens to the rest of us who fall inside of the stigma sandwich? We get lost, and I say, no more. Welcome to a space dedicated to learning and growth, a soft place to land, and a sturdy place to climb. This is a movement that I feel can change the way we approach wellness. And although we work hard to bring inspirational, educational, and impactful info to you, it does not in any way take the place of counseling or dictate a clinician-client relationship. This podcast is for enjoyment, and we encourage you to consult a professional if needing specific services. Let's freaking chat. Well, hello, Hubster listeners. Thanks for coming back. Hello, Jesse. Hello. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome as well. And we are going to talk about setting boundaries today. Um, and gosh, that is kind of a, I think it's a really important conversation, but it's also nuanced. And as I was prepping this, um, a wonderful article in Counseling Today that came out recently is the idea of boundaries, uh, but also relating to collectivist cultures, which in mm. case we don't know is cultures that are much more focused on the whole, the group, the family, rather than the individual, what's best for me. So knowing that everyone has a different background, thoughts, feelings, culture, we're going to approach boundaries in the way that we know how that is healthy. And yet we want to leave some room and flexibility for um, those different cultural considerations that we know that sometimes what's healthy for a person is very closely related to what's healthy for their family and that's a complex thing. So when we are talking about changes, seasons of change, creating change, that's kind of our ongoing theme through the fall. Boundaries are a piece of that. And so our kind of fun and quippy title here is setting boundaries that support our positive goals. How to say no without feeling like a jackass. <laughs> so join us today. We're going to we're gonna talk about that. What does it mean to be assertive? When we say assertive, that doesn't mean aggressive. That doesn't mean uh, mean, but it does mean saying, hey, Um, I need some more of this, or Mm -hmm. I need some less of that. How to set boundaries, and we're going to talk about guilt a little bit, too. How to unleash ourselves from that or attempt to. So, Jesse, let's dive in. Okay. I think boundaries are are really complex, Mm -hmm. and I think that it really connects back to how we value ourselves, how we value our relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times the boundaries that we do set are inside of relationships. And so it kind of couples back to just how we want to spend our time or what kind of relationships we want to have. So yeah, it's hard. And you mentioned that shame and guilt and boy, that is a big connection Mm -hmm. there with setting boundaries. Yeah. So kind of to start us off, we're busy focusing on our change, but everyone needs something from us. What do we do? So to kind of set the example, I'm thinking, you know, maybe we have a really exciting goal. Maybe we are cooking some dinners and we're like, okay, I'm going to eat at home more. I'm going to cook my own meals. I'm going to be in bed by 1030. And then of course, here comes life, right? Um, And no matter what stage of life or if we have people living with us or not, I think the world's a really busy place sometimes. How do we carve out that time, especially when there's good things? I think that's a hard thing too. If something is 
negative, sometimes that's easier to say no to, to say, nope, I've got to cook dinner. That right. is boring or that is bad for me or whatever. But it gets really difficult when the charity down the street needs mm-hmm. 11 volunteers. What do we do? That's a hard thing to kind of navigate sometimes. So mm-hmm. what do you see? Um, what do you recommend when people are going, okay, I've got nine good things I could be doing, but this is important to me. Where's the best of both worlds? Where do we sit here? Mm-hmm. I think one one of the big pieces too, Akash, I say that a lot. I say one of the big pieces of this a do you? lot. Yeah, over and over again. I, I apologize, Hubsters. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> For a time though, I said dude constantly and my kids hated me. So I'm not going to go back to dude, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to try not to use that statement anymore. Season of change, <laughs> right? <laughs> Habit. Habit. Value and who we are kind of sets a tone for the decisions that we make. Mm. And knowing your personality is also going to be important here Mm. because if I thrive off of pleasing people and having the people around me taken care of, boy, that's going to be a theme in my life. I'm going to be one that says, oh, I can do that for you or, you know, I I can be that for you and really work hard to meet those needs. Can I pause you and point out something? Yes. Okay. If you thrive on that. Mm-hmm. I loved your language there because that was not, I feel like I should. Yeah. It's always been this way. No. If that's a part of our thriving, if we feel whole, connected, complete, good at the end of the day, like, hey, I'm glad I was a participant in this. This is not, oh, I should be doing it. And so I do it and then I resent everyone later. Right. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So, sorry to interrupt, but I no, wanted to, no. I thought that was such a good thing. I wanted to point that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think it's knowing who you are and what kind of life that you're trying to build, because we do have to prioritize. There isn't enough time in the day to do all of the things. Yeah. And so we do have to think about what kind of experiences do I need? What kind of experiences do I need to create for my community or for my relationships? And then taking a really good look at what are the things that I'm doing that might not be moving me towards those important values or beliefs. And, and that's where you do really find out is, am I doing the things I'm doing because I want other people to like me Mm. or, that I feel like I need to versus I feel good doing the things that I'm doing for the people that I'm doing them for. Yeah. It's a there's big a difference. big pivot. Yeah. yeah. There's a big, big pivot there. Mm-hmm. And nobody wins when you approach something and you're doing it out of resentment or obligation. obligation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody wins there because there, there's no joy in it. Wow. And so it's better to take a step back and say, hey, this might not be the thing that I can do right now. Mm-hmm. And that that's really scary to say sometimes. Yeah. It is scary to say. But I think that it really sets the tone to how you want people to treat you. And it sets the tone for what kind of life you're going to try to create. I like everything you said about that. That's a really interesting way to look at it. And something that reminded me of, I believe it's a quote by Julie Morgenstern. I may misquote it, but here's my paraphrase. She says, you can do all the things you want to do, but you can't do them all at once. Mm, And mm -hmm. that was kind of a paradigm shift for me when I heard that. I'm like, that's so cool because it's like, you know what? I can make a scrapbook Mm -hmm. and I can do this or that. And I can learn to make couscous, um, (laughs) but I can't do it all at once, right? It's just not going to work so well. Right. And I think that's so 
um, that can help us sometimes when we are looking at those different things and saying, okay, who am I going to say no to? Mm-hmm. Who am I going to say yes to? And I think too, coming back to that idea, sometimes we feel really selfish saying, well, okay, I don't need to cook dinner at home this night, but then we let that slide. And then maybe that, you know, that chips away at us too. And not only is that a goal for self, but I also look at that as sometimes a goal for family or a goal for partnerships or children or whatever that family system kind of looks like. If someone is really invested in the whole instead of the individual, sometimes investing in the individual benefits the whole as well. If we have more to give, if we're more joyful and healthy, well, that's going to benefit everyone mm-hmm. we live in community with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my thought. Absolutely. Your thoughts. Oh yeah. I agree completely. You know, when thinking about boundaries, I really suck at them. Mm. I really, really, really do. And my husband, if he listens to this, my family, <laughs> if they listen to this, they're going to be like, oh, preaching to the choir. <laughs> um, because I do, I do like to do for others and often at the expense mm. of myself. And and I think that's connected to a lot of different things. I think it's connected to just history, historically wanting to be seen as a good person, Mm -hmm. wanting to be seen as someone who is worthwhile and and important to the community and the family. Um, And so I I think that really drives us, and especially in in our, our clinical work, it's hard when somebody comes to you and says, I need help, Mm -hmm. and you have to make that decision. And do I help said person in this moment or do I pick up my child from school and go cook supper? Yeah. (laughs) You bring up so many good points and thank you for being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and sharing and very Mm -hmm. real and sharing that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to balance for sure. And, and there's a lot of learning in there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, one day you'll, you'll practice a boundary. You'll say, gosh, no, I can't help you today because I have to do this other thing. And, and that's the cool thing I, th- I think about boundaries and learning is you get to change them. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you don't have to like, I'm I'm not doing this. I'm saying no to you. Well, it doesn't mean that it's a no all the time. Right. Or a no forever. Yeah. It's just a no for right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's so powerful. So have you ever had to say no or set a boundary mm-hmm. that did not go well? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I have. And I am right there with you. Boundaries have been something that I've practiced and had to learn about. What is that? I read a book. (laughs) (laughs) This is long before this point in my career, but someone had suggested a book to me. Hey, I think this book, I believe the title is um, just boundaries by yep. itself. By Dr. It. Dr. Yep. Henry yep. Cloud. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Cloud. Yeah. That was a, a life-changing book for me for mm-hmm. sure. And it's something I had to learn, something I've had to practice. And I think when people are used to us being the person that says yes all the time, that can be a little bit of a shock when all of a sudden we're the person that says no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were counting on us and we didn't come through. Right. And when I'm talking with someone who is new to boundaries and maybe going to practice setting them for the first time or change them, change the one they've had, that's a conversation I will have to say, you know, just because you said it, if someone doesn't respond to that in the way you're hoping with love and encouragement and affirmation, <laughs> as sometimes people don't, right. don't freak out. You probably did it just fine. Again, when we're used to saying yes, when we are that person and all of a sudden we start to put that up, it's going to be a little bit of a difference in that relationship. But 
not necessarily forever. And it it might not go as bad as we think it's going to go. But yeah, I, yeah. Well, it doesn't always go well. There's going to be some growing pains. Yes. You know, in relationship, we learn how to interact with each other. Yeah. I know exactly how you're going to respond if I say a certain thing. And when that response then changes, mm-hmm. boy, then then I have to readjust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and like you said, that's not a bad thing. It's not yeah. a bad thing. And but it is hard. It, it, is. Is. It, can, it can be hard. I shouldn't say it is hard. It, it, can, be it can be difficult. Pretty dang scary. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about important relationships that we have to talk about boundaries in, Mm -hmm. you know, with, I think about like parents or Mm -hmm. siblings or, you know, even like exes or, you know, blended families. Anyone close to us. Absolutely. We don't want to let people down and... And let's not leave out work either. Yeah. Or work. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Coworkers, if we're like, oh gosh, I know they're so tired, so yes. I'll just pick that shit. I'll cover that. Right. You know, which right. isn't a bad thing. And I think mm-hmm. that's been something throughout my life that sometimes is something really of value that I can be like, oh, I'm going to help this person. I feel good. But again, it's a, it's a line to walk because mm-hmm. sometimes if we're always the person that picks up the shift or does this or does that, that, that can be kind of our pattern. And then when we do say, Hey, I got to step back and take care of myself or Nope, I'm going to take my day off. Sometimes we meet some resistance and that can be hard for the person setting the boundary. Absolutely. You know, as a boss, one of the, one of the greatest things that I experience is when my staff can set healthy boundaries for themselves. Mm. Um, Just this week, uh, we had one of our staff members who just she had a really hard week, a lot of really heavy information, heavy experiences Mm. to kind of muddle through. And, and we were having an event this last, uh, later part of this week. And, and she texted me and she said, you know what, I'm going to need to take a step back from this because I notice that I'm not doing okay. Oh, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I just I I smiled yeah. and I laughed oh, in my car. I was all by I myself, but that. I was like, "It's amazing!" Yay, you! And mm-hmm. what's sad is that she was af- actually scared to text me that because yeah. she thought she was going to let me down. Yeah, and yep. it's like, no way, Jose! Mm. You need I need as a mm. boss my staff to know when they need to take a step back. And I think that's so empowering. And I think that if we look at it that way as the person hearing the boundary, Mm -hmm. knowing that they're trusting us in, in being a part of setting that boundary for their health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody says no to me, I kind of take it as, as really this, this sense of pride that they trust me enough to know to be real, that I'm not going to be like, F you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not going to do this for me, then, you know, yeah. no. That's so cool. Yeah. So that kind of goes right along with our point, help, I feel selfish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's dig into a little bit of those different titles. Um, I'm not a mom personally, but mom guilt is something Brutal. that we see. I watch people I love go through and experience. Work guilt, that idea we've talked about, we covered that one. I don't want to let my boss down. I don't want to let my team down, my coworkers down. I don't want them to think less of me. Partner guilt. Yeah. Sometimes that idea, if we're doing something different, well, what about my partner? Let's speak to that a little bit, especially the mom guilt piece, because I know that is a big deal for a lot of people. Oh, it's huge. It is huge. You know, and there's so much... There's such high expectations. Mm -hmm. 
for like ridiculous expectations. What it should look like. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. not real. Ridiculous. <laughs> like and the expectation versus what is real yeah. and necessary, they don't and I match, my, in my opinion. Yeah. And I scratch yeah. my head and I say, who the hell is coming up with these expectations? Right. Because you know it is <laughs> probably not mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know it's not a mother. Um, Yeah, there's this incredible amount of responsibility that you feel um, when you become a parent for protecting your child, for Mm -hmm. keeping them safe, for giving them opportunities. Mm -hmm. And we know that our life has drastically changed from when roles in the household have shifted. Mm -hmm. You know, men used to be primarily the person that worked. Mom Mm -hmm. stayed home and took care of the children. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we see a different dynamic where we have both moms and dads working and we have these other things. And so we're having to balance a lot of different things. And, And I think that Sometimes in reading things or watching TV shows, it's hard because we measure ourselves against that expectation that is right. unrealistic. Yep. And not even real in the first place. Right, yeah. right. It's 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 this idea that somebody mm-hmm. came up with. You and know, those and are more in our face than they've ever been. Huftanelli. With social media yeah. especially. And I hate to rag on social media, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is blessing and curse. It There's is. a lot of good good, helpful, healthy pieces, but gosh, the comparison is, I think, harder to dodge than ever. I even, the other day, I caught myself, <laughs> there's there's this this lady on my Instagram, and she has the most perfect family. <laughs> like, mm. they're all in matching outfits, and she's got her makeup and hair done, and they're by the pool, and I'm like, I'm thinking, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> This is impossible for me to live up to. And I have to remind myself that this isn't, this isn't real. It, yeah. it isn't reality. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's what it looks like for a photo. And that, that my life doesn't have to look like that, nor right. should it look like that. Yep. And I think that's where we have a lot of power in how we support other parents. Yeah. Um, so instead that. of judgment being like, hey, I noticed that you're trying this. Yeah. And in, in really just offering support and collaboration instead of that that judgment piece. Mm-hmm. I know when That's so cool. Yeah. When when I'm making decisions for my family, I do think about what others will think about it. Yeah. Gosh, are people gonna agree with my parenting? Are mm. they going to, you know, judge me or think I'm doing it wrong or you know, maybe, maybe I made a mistake and we all do. Mm-hmm. We all do. And also I think that, you know, kids now feel like they need things immediately and it's really hard for them to understand that sometimes we can't give them what they want. Right. Um, and then that creates guilt. Mm-hmm. Gosh, am I working hard enough? Oh my Gosh, gosh. am I doing enough? So you can get it from all over the place. Yeah. But I think one of the most powerful things that we can teach our kids is that sometimes the answer has to be no. And also in our relationships, our partners, sometimes that that answer has to be no. You know, even at work, sometimes that answer has to be no. And that's okay. And I think too, just to touch on a couple pieces from your, especially the the parent part, uh, we do live in in this like microwave society to kind of use that word. But something I see both in my practice with clients and in just life in general, there's a lot of pieces of that that aren't, not microwavable mm-hmm. <laughs> in a learning process. Yeah. Our topic, a process of change, how we learn and grow, how a relationship develops. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot. 
within clients, like the idea that, no, we, we don't know if this is going to be a great relationship. We got to try it out and see (laughs) the time literally has to tick (laughs) by on the calendar and then we will know, is this a good friendship? Is it not? Mm -hmm. Is this a great relationship we want to be at? Is it or is it not? So a lot of things don't microwave, you know, they don't go as fast as we wish or we think that they should. And so I agree with you that that lesson for children is and teens and whatever age is super important, the no lesson. And also the, Hey, some things take time. This isn't, this isn't an instant gratification all the time with all the things. Mm -hmm. And that is a good thing. Well, in, in, in saying, gosh, you know, you have to have boundaries, you have to respect yourself. You have to kind of create this roadmap. We also have to understand, like you said before, there are a lot of different cultures mm-hmm. and a lot of different ways of being together. Yeah. And like so we have to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm going to look at boundaries different than another person who has maybe a closer relationship with, say, their parents. Right. Um, help them make life decisions. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was raised that, you know, you're an individual, you do you. Yep. Hoorah. Make your choice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> but, you know, so, some families aren't like that. And, yeah. and so I think we have to be really careful in not only talking to people about boundaries, but also in understanding why people are making the decisions that they're making. Mm, Their so experience true. might be entirely different than ours. Yeah. And um, so I always take, I, I always like to take a step back and just you know, remind myself that I, I don't know what their experience has been. I don't know what their life has been. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what their culture necessarily right. is. And so I have to trust that they're going to make the best decisions they can for Very themselves. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think of your, um, your example of the, the family on Instagram too. And I think it's a parallel thing, you know, mm-hmm. just as we, we don't want to make decisions for other people because that's not a good thing or those assumptions that we assume that that person's life is so much better than our own. Well, that just might not be the reality. Right. They might turn, they might take that picture and then turn around and snap at everybody. And it's not so fun by the <laughs> right. pool. Kind of mm-hmm. parallel experiences there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about assertiveness a little bit and that idea of self-advocacy. Mm-hmm. I know that's a, a big thing that I try to teach and work with quite a bit. And honestly, something I've had to work on and learn throughout my life that to me, assertiveness is that right down the middle kind of that healthy piece of self-advocacy. So kind of a little lighthearted example I like to use is let's say we buy something at the store. Uh, Maybe it's a a television or something and we get it home and it's broken. Passiveness to the point of hurting ourselves would be saying, oh, well, and we just take the loss and sit at home with our broken whatever and don't do anything even though it should have worked right Mm -hmm. out of the box. I know we don't love the word should, but (laughs) in this instance, we're going to use it. Assertiveness would be going back to the store and saying, hey, I got this home and I was really excited about it, but it doesn't work. I'm wondering what we can do about that. Aggressiveness would be going in, slamming our wallet down and losing our shit. Right. 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 And I think when we say assertive, a lot of people think aggressive. And especially if we've had a bad experience with someone being like that to us, Mm -hmm. it makes us a little shy of being assertive in a way that's healthy for herself. Right. So to me, that self-advocacy piece is that right down the middle, that assertiveness, 
Um, and I think that comes back to our idea of setting boundaries to protect our goal and our change. Let's say we're trying to maybe reduce our drinking a little bit and it's like people are pressuring us to do something or to go somewhere. We're like, you know what? Yeah, I would love to go. I'm probably going to leave about 1030 mm-hmm. or 10 o'clock. That's not aggression. That's not no passiveness, <laughs> you know, or going somewhere and um, having a soda instead. But when people give us crap about it, just asserting ourselves and saying, you know what? No, I'm good. Yeah, I, I think that that there are um, several ways that we're kind of inclined to to respond to things. And again, it comes back to those patterns that we learn. How do we get what we need? And we learn, you know, is it is it easier to be passive? Mm, and then we yep. kind of default. And and usually it's easier to go passive or aggressive. It's hard yeah, to go in the middle. middle, that middle line, because mm-hmm. it takes self-control. Um, and it takes thoughtfulness about responding to people and asking for what you need. I think one of our main responsibilities in relationships is being able to create a roadmap. And I think assertiveness and self-advocacy goes hand in hand with that. We have to be able to tell people what we need and also what we expect from relationships, be open to feedback, and also align in that relationship with compassion. And I think that if you're assertive or um, aggressive, you lose the compassion. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're yeah. passive, you lose even just that self-advocacy piece. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that uh, that assertiveness is is a really important piece. And one of the things that, you know, on our outline, we have the people in my life aren't on board. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that... You're going to find that. You're going to find that in every aspect of your life. And knowing how to have those conversations is really important. One thing that I've learned is that the way you feel and your experiences belong to you. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. They don't belong to anybody else, although they may have opinions Mm -hmm. about them. And so ways that we are able to kind of neutralize or speak for what we need is by just identifying our experience. And it might be, you know, gosh, Ashley, I feel, I feel like you asking me to go out is is really hard for me right now since I'm Mm. trying to stop drinking. So I am going to, you know what, I'll come out till 10, but then I'm going to need to go home. So I'm talking about my experience, not necessarily your perception or your experience. And so you can do that with anything, own that feeling and nobody can argue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So power, power of the I statement. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I use it all the time in setting boundaries. Yep. Gosh, I would really love to do that, but I have already committed mm-hmm. um, to such and such. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to be able to help you this time. I like that. Mm-hmm. I always like a, a thank you for asking because I, I think Ooh, I like that. Um, it is nice to be invited. It is. It is nice to be asked. Yeah. Even if it's, hey, can you bring a casserole? You know, it's, it's still, <laughs> I think in most cases, it is a community connection, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so saying, Hey, thanks for asking. And just like you did, I'm not able to at this time, right. but thanks so much. And uh-huh. thanks for thinking of me. And, and even if it's something we want to be a part of, feel free to reach out in the future. Absolutely. Feel free to connect again because we never know that the season might change and, and we're ready for that thing. Absolutely. kind of neat. All right. So with that, We are ready to go for the day. Thanks for listening and we'll check in with you next time. Go forth and set boundaries. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. Take care.